Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing How to Find a Princess by Alyssa Cole. This was published in 2021 and is the second in the Runaway Royal series. And full disclosure, we did receive a free copy of this from NetGalley. And uh, we, if we sound a little more excited than usual, it's because we are podcasting together in person for the first time since pre-pandemic. This is the first time in over a year that we have been, not that we've been in the same place because we did exchange books a couple of times. We met outside, we were masked the few times we saw each other inside from a distance. But like, this is the first time we've been able to sit with our like co-mic system. It's very, very exciting. So uh, let's just dive right in with the book jacket. Makeda Hicks has lost her job and her girlfriend in one fell swoop. The last thing she's in the mood for is to rehash the story of her grandmother's infamous summer fling with a runaway prince from Iberania, or the investigator from the World Federation of Monarchies tasked with searching for Iberania's missing heir. Yet when Besnaria Cheshkovalier crashes into her life, the sleek and sexy investigator exudes exactly the kind of chaos that organized and efficient Makeda finds irresistible. Even if Bez is determined to drag her into a world of royal duty, Makeda wants nothing to do with. When a threat to her grandmother's livelihood pushes Makeda to agree to return to Iberania, Bez takes her on a transatlantic adventure with a crew of lovable weirdos, a fake marriage, and one-bed hijinks on the high seas. When they finally make it to Iberania, they realize there's more at stake than just cash and crown. And Makeda must learn what it means to fight for what she desires and not what she feels bound to by duty. Actually, I have don't think I have any problems at all with this book jacket. I think it's completely no. accurate. Other than there being some tongue twisters. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, <laughs> this is a long sentence. But other than that. Like, Thanks for leaving me with Besnarnia Chechkevalier. <laughs> I swear, every time I read her name, I was like, Chechevalieri, Chechevalier. In my head. Yes. Because bastardized French brain and Europe brain, I read it as the Czech knight. <laughs> I was Chevalier I, and yes, Chech. I, I for me it was Chechevaliere because I guess it was like kind Italian. Of Italian, I guess for me. Valiere. Don't well, ask that me. Makes, look, it was a Mediterranean island, and we're both wrong. <laughs> right. I guarantee, whatever we were thinking of, we're both wrong. Well, as usual, we generated a random number, and then we wrote our own summaries based on that number. And for this episode, the number is eight. So I'll go ahead and start. I, I could not improve on their jacket. So here it is. Sexy transatlantic boat trip with a fake relationship. I couldn't improve, so I went silly. Maybe princess and bodyguard kissing on a ship. <laughs> I, I, I do think the transatlantic boat trip was like the best part of the book. Oh, is, I was bored by it, but oh, it was the most of the book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll just come out and say it. This wasn't our favorite Alyssa Cole. We're definitely open to reader feedback on this one because I think for us, we're definitely discussing something outside of our comfort zone. We try not to review books where we don't feel like we have at least something to contribute that's unique. But Alyssa Cole is so popular and we like most of her books so much that we felt it was important to review this. But like reader feedback, give it to us. Yeah. Uh, so tropes, uh, like like they said in the in the um, official book jacket, and then my summary: there is a fake relationship. There is. It's 
interesting because it's not the pretense. No. It's the biggest trope. Yes. But it's not what brings them together. That is true. There is also a lot of forced proximity. So in the beginning of the book, it's forced proximity because Bez is on a mission and she thinks that Kata is the fulfillment of that mission. Right. So she's not going to leave. She won't leave her alone. And like is literally staying in her grandma's B&B and they are cohabitating, granted with separate bedrooms. Yes. And then the middle of the book, they go on the ship where... And then we've got the next trope, which is only one bed, which again was called out in the official book jacket. I am going to be honest. I love this book jacket. Because it called out the tropes that I want to know about. Right? Which is like there's a fake fiance or fake marriage. There's only one bed. Like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yes, 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 yes. Um, So the other trope I would add is, so Bez is, she has like 65,000 roles. It's really three, but it felt like (laughs) 65,000. Right. One, she is the descendant of an order of badass female knights protecting the monarch. Which is super cool. I loved that part. Me too. And she thinks that Kata may potentially be the long-lost descendant of an heir to the monarchy, and this nation is currently without an heir. So she's got this, like, protective the bodyguard streak. Yeah. She moonlights as a protector of damsels in distress, which we saw in a previous book. Yep. And she is technically officially employed by this world monarch initiative fund whatever yeah the, foundation I, I found that anyway we'll get there but that was super interesting to me yes loved it so it's all three of her jobs yeah. are kind of co- coalescing into her really wanting to protect Kata. it's i mean it's very trophy her relationship with Makeda is like yes it's, it's professional it's personal and it's also like ancestral duty all woven family into one name thing. whatever it's this whole thing but yeah, so the bodyguard as a trope, except with a less unhappy ending. Sorry, Kevin Costner. <laughs> I love you. Um, so we have Sins of the Mother here. Which is a slight deviation, mm-hmm. and it's kind of both of them. So interestingly enough, you get the impression that uh, Iberania is a matriarchal society. Yes. And you only hear it explicitly described in the context of the monarchy and the royal guard. Mm-hmm. But it's implied that it, it extends beyond that. Um, and... Makeda, Kata, as she's occasionally referred to in the book, uh, is f- was raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm. You don't hear anything really about her you father. You don't hear anything about her mother. You don't really hear anything much about her mother and father. Well, her mother... Her mother's there, but her grandmother is really the... Right, but her mother, you know her mother's story. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you don't hear much about her grandfather other than he was the ship in the night for her grandmother. Which and is relevant. He left her with a ring. And a baby. A significant, significant jewelry. And you don't hear anything at all, as far as I can recall, about her father. No. And so it's matriarchal, but in a different sense. It's modern day American society, but it's she comes true. from a matriarchal family. And so obviously there's really, technically Bez has a father she likes, but it's even Bez's grandma, who's the driver of a lot of the drama. So it's interesting because I think Sins of the Father is really typical in traditional historical romance novels and male uh, female historical romance novels and in this one both of them are dealing with the lineage passed down whether positive or negative from their matriarchal lines that's really interesting it's not something that i had considered before but i that's really fascinating to me and especially when looking at like current um 
analysis of like black culture too yes. is really interesting when you consider that too. Just really fascinating. Well, and not just modern, but like historical. Yeah. Because forgive me if I'm wrong, and this is definitely something I'm ignorant on. There have been a lot of African cultures historically who last name passed matriarch ma- matrilineally. Yes. Sorry. And so I think it's interesting to see that incorporated in the context of this Mediterranean but implicitly African nation. Yes. And modern American society and having that juxtaposed. Yeah. So the the main driver of the plot are these inheritance shenanigans. Right. So this Iberania, which I found interesting because I kept thinking of Iberia, but it wasn't close to Spain. Yeah, anyway. I was thinking of Iberia. I was thinking of Gibraltar. I was thinking of a lot of... Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently when the last... So during World War II... The king died in some battle. Yeah. The queen disappeared. Right. And the head royal guard of the queen was the only witness to the queen's disappearance and has basically kept mum on what happened. Mm -hmm. And so since World War II, and this is set in the present, Mm -hmm. this nation has been without a monarch, a monarchy without a monarch. And so they are doing, one, a sincere attempt to find their missing monarch, but two, sort of a publicity travel industry tourism industry stunt yes to try to find the missing royal so it's a little anastasia-y mm-hmm. without the like tragic murder of a whole family it is totally anastasia-y i kind of loved it and that was there are a lot of things i really really liked about this book okay just not everything yep um so yes yeah, so and who is really financing this search for the for the heir it's not actually Iberania it's this world monarchs world, federation world monarchs federation who which, we saw in the first book in we, the series yes we did cuz they run like the royal royal bumble <laughs> right i mean they do yeah that's, what I, that's why we met them. The my eyes are just in the back of my head. I turned online dating back on yesterday, guys. It's rough. <laughs> um, and big shocker, the guy who's in charge of this monarchy organization is a bad guy. Yeah, he's like a pumped up white dude. I mean, it's not a surprise. You know from the very first time he's on the scene, yeah. he's on the, on the page that he's a bad guy. Definitely. And then uh, I will say this. I love it when I find like traces of historical romance tropes yes. in modern romances. And Bez definitely has the big crazy family we're used to seeing in historicals. Yes. So, unfortunately, this was not my favorite Alyssa Cole. And it is not because it's a queer romance. I have read um, uh, some of her queer romance. So she wrote a novella called uh, Once Ghosted, Twice Shy, which is a queer romance set in New York City. I really liked that one. Um, so it's not because of that. There were a lot of things I liked about this book. So this book is Anastasia. Let's find let's find our missing princess. Yes. And bring her back to the country. They don't know for sure it's a princess. I think the difference between Anastasia, the story, and this is that in Anastasia, they're looking for a person. In this, they're looking for DNA. Yeah, they're looking for someone. The yeah. heir. So I really liked that part. Um, I actually kind of liked the boat. I liked a lot of things that happened in this book. I didn't love the couple. I think that was my biggest issue was I just didn't like Makeda and Bez together. I didn't think they were well matched. Yeah, right. right. Um, I also think 
this is very personal. So I am from the great state of New Jersey, mm-hmm. as some of our listeners may know. And I definitely, I don't know who Alyssa Cole is. Like, I don't know where she's from in America. I, I know she's American, but that's pretty much it. Um, Atlantic City is a really interesting place. Yeah. It's fallen on some pretty hard times in recent years. Um, it was a major player in the music scene in the 1970s and has undergone a lot of boomer bust gambling gang related stuff in the intermittent 40 years at this point. And I felt like Atlantic City was sort of an afterthought where like Alyssa Cole picked a place known for its gambling and not much else Mm -hmm. to support the storyline. But I weirdly felt like there was something missing. Like Atlantic City, for me at least, has such a specific connotation of like a place left behind and screwed by big development, specifically the black community in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, And so to see all of that sort of glossed over for just a description of a gambling town yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, that's interesting to me because it's not something that struck me, but that's does not mean <laughs> it means I know nothing about Atlantic City. Let's uh, be honest. Have you ever heard the Bruce Springsteen song Atlantic City? <laughs> Probably. No, I'm kidding. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm every Jersey girl trope and moving on. <laughs> moving on. For me, the biggest issue was really the way Bez and Makeda were presented. So Makeda is like the people pleaser, like that is her personality is I want to help people. I know people like this. One of my best friends is a person like this. And she's a wonderful friend, she's a wonderful person. Um, but we have, we've like actually talked to, I've like sent her blogs about setting boundaries and stuff like that. It's hard to be really close with someone who doesn't value themselves first. It is like, it's hard. Yeah. And in this book, it starts with Makeda saying, I need to learn how to set boundaries. I need to value myself. Yes. And, um, because what she does, what happens in the very beginning of the book, this is not a spoiler. This is in the first chapter. She loses her job because she's been basically a nice girl yep. and she's helped everyone out, but she hasn't expressed how much she has done to help. And it's interesting because she loses out of promotion and loses her job, but the manager firing her isn't the guy who did that to her. Mm-hmm. Like He makes it clear he's advocated for her to get the promotion and that he advocated for her not to lose her job. Right. And tried to get her severance when she did and went through everything. And so I think that part felt kind of organic. Like, not not her personality. But I know what it is to be in that situation where you're losing and the person bearing the bad news isn't responsible. I I mean, yes. I've also been in the... I've been in the situation where the person tries to make themselves seem like the person who's not responsible, but who ultimately really could have been but But you know from the context of this book and what happens later that he was being sincere um but no she is too much of a doormat and i found her boring um so that i mean that's her her whole personality she loses her job in the first chapter and she says i'm moving back in with my grandma right and i'm going to set boundaries for the rest of my life like i am going to learn how to be a person who can set boundaries and put myself first and make sure that i'm but i feel like she less it was less of a, I really feel like I need to set boundaries. And the way she approached it was what just happened can never happen again. And she, rather than setting boundaries, sort of ended up being a surly bore. Well, that, that was the issue to me yeah. is 
because what Alyssa Cole sets up in this book is someone who needs to learn how to set boundaries, but then the person she ends up with is someone who doesn't understand what boundaries are. Yeah. And so I didn't understand what she was trying to do with Makeda. I, I, um, that was my biggest issue was like, what is Makeda supposed to learn? Right. And there's this weird speech that a guy gives Makeda in the middle of the book, who is clearly the protagonist of the next book. Of the next book, yes. Where he's basically like, do you really need to set boundaries or do you just need to like look internally and figure out what your boundaries even are? Because it sounds like you're setting like other people's boundaries. Which is fine. Like, okay, that might be legitimate. But the fact that Bez has none and wants none and doesn't see them is still inherently undermining that. It's still the problem. And that was the issue to me is like Bez is that in another book, she could have been the nice guy. Yeah. Which is the person who doesn't understand when to say no. Right. The person who says, I helped you out so much. Why aren't you reciprocating my affection? Right. And so th- that was my issue. Is It's actually not necessarily the characters in and of themselves, but it's the pairing of them. The pairing of a person who under- who at least has stated that she needs to sort of start putting herself first and understanding boundaries, and a person who... It- I mean, it's not stated outright, but someone who probably has ADD or ADHD and... um, Or at the very least is on the autism spectrum. Right. And who is just ignoring... She basically is ignoring things she doesn't want to comprehend. It's not that she... Not that she doesn't have an understanding of the world around her. It's yeah. that she decides, she's like, I don't want to consider that that's true, so I'm not going to believe that it's true. Right. I don't think that's authentically representing the experience of an autistic person, or more specifically, it sounded like she had Asperger's. And that's possible. So, so for me, it was like ADHD. And you know, it could have been helpful if it had actually been defined. So we yeah. could be like, this didn't but, seem like this. I mean, anyway, that's the point. That's- the point is, like, it wasn't like she said... Makeda told me that she was going to light me up. And, like, I said, thank you. It was, like, it specifically said she chose to interpret that as a compliment. And I think it was the choosing that made it problematic. And that's the issue, too, is she's literally told, like, actual words. I'm sending you to America. I do not expect you to find the air. You should not come back with the air. Yeah. She goes to America. She's like, found the air. We're gone. She has received no validation from her job. She's received no money from her job. She's received no confirmation from her job that this is act- what she's doing is what she should be doing. And she convinces Makeda to go by telling her she's going to get money from this. Yeah. It really actually bothered me a lot. And she claims it's not lying. And I felt like to a degree... That was being waved away as a side effect of whatever unnamed medical condition she had. And it's like, no, that's a fucked up thing to do to a person. Right. Right. I, so so for me, it was the, the pairing of the two. It, it wasn't the characters themselves. Because I could have seen each character in a different relationship, like, resonating with me or being interesting to me. Um, I have to put this in here because there's not a better place. I'm sorry. You find out. There's a strong likelihood you're a princess. And your response is, I don't want to find out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I would not have been interested in that person in any context. Da fuck. I am right. (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay, you're talking to two white heterosexual women who love jewelry. But and being in charge. I, well, that too, yes. <laughs> I, won't, I won't deny it. You're telling me, like, don't get me wrong. If her concern had been, like, privacy, I've seen what happens to royals, they get really fucked up. I'm not saying I'd, like, claim the crown and want to rule. But you bet your ass if you were like, we gotta, like, do a DNA test, give you 15 grand and put a crown on your head for one night. Hell yeah! Yes, I, I mean, I would do it too. It, it also felt... Who wouldn't? It also felt, well, Makeda, apparently. She's not real. It felt like Makeda was standing on a principle that wasn't that important to her. Especially in the context of unnamed amount of money. Right. Like, you want me to go to vacation to a Mediterranean island, all expenses paid, which this is not the truth, but this is what she's been sold, that will also involve a hefty sum of money, and you're going to be like... I don't want to let the potential of this lie influence my life anymore. You fucking idiot. I know. Uh, so that's like the first half of the book is basically Bez trying to convince Makeda that she needs to go back to Iberania. No, so thank you. Once she convinces her that she should go back which, by basically saying you will get money. Because one of her uh, previous girlfriends who she was a doormat for uh, made her take out a business loan against her grandmother's house. Oh my God. Which... How could Makeda do that? I have several questions. She must be a co-owner, but yeah, no, I know. It's weird. Um, okay, so the first half of the book is that. And then Bez can't get her, her employer to pay for them to go over, so she finds a freeway to get from New Jersey to Iberania, and it is through a cargo ship. Now, I know a lot about cargo ships just because I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about them. Because I know a lot about ports in New Jersey because <laughs> my grandfather was a clam digger. So I, I honestly feel like Alyssa Cole watched the same YouTube videos I did because it's really fascinating. <laughs> it's really fascinating, these cargo ships. Yeah. So I get, like, I actually completely understand why she wanted to set a romance novel on. You think the fact that this is only mere weeks after that ship got stuck in the Suez Canal, this is just like coincidence? This was written and this is written before that. Okay. I'm just saying she'd be capitalizing on an international scandal. I mean, that's also very true. That She should have put that they went in a, in a canal and, you know. Got stuck. Oh my gosh, yes. I love your idea. Lane. That's the new Snowden. Oh my God, on a cargo I love ship it. trapped in the Suez. On a cargo ship because I need to save money, and then they have to like they disembark and they go on a camel caravan or something. You could add Egypt in there. And the romantic triangle occurs when that guy in the single dump truck and like <laughs> thing comes up trying to dig out the boat, and the driver of that is the other romantic prospect. Oh my God, hire us, Hollywood. <laughs> Anyway, I thought the really, in I was really interested in the setting, but I don't know that it added a ton to the plot. There's really no reason to be for them to be on the ship, except for the fact that Bez lied, which if, again, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, we hate it when, when our okay. protagonists lie to each other. I think there are two main things that are our pet peeves, just okay. putting it out there. One, protagonists lying to each other. Yes. Two. We like it when our protagonists are on the same page and working toward the same goal. And hypothetically, these two would have been if they'd just been honest. Right. So not only do we have the lying, 
we have them hypothetically in a situation where we could be really into them working toward the same goal, but it's tainted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel sexy when I can't see land, though just for the record. <laughs> I can't see land. <laughs> um, I liked the princess fighting contest. That was fun. I needed more of it to, for it to be fun. I wouldn't have minded more. I would not have minded more of it. I, I think, first of all, if you know for sure you're the princess of a nation, why wouldn't you want it confirmed with a DNA test? Good question. Like, I'd actually want to know. Like, is she, I wouldn't be in this context so sure that I was afraid to take it. Like, I'd actually want to know. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, why not take it and find out if your grandfather was the Prince of Ibrania? Two, like, if you're going to make it this beauty pageant and, like, delve into this and, like, the other contestants are supposed to matter, I need a little more with them. Did you like the final twist? No. <laughs> I didn't mind it, but I wish it had come about a different way. Okay. That's a fair point. But, like, okay... We're not going to spoil it here because it is Alyssa Cole. So, yeah. like, there's good things about this book for sure. But first of all, I was concerned they were related. <laughs> and it took some mental gymnastics for me to realize that they are not, in fact, related. Um, but it's fine. They're not related. I was worried. They, they are not related. But they was, are not related. I was worried. <laughs> And it's not confirmed they're not related, but you can, you can mental gymnastics it to they're not related. Um, but yeah, I just, I needed it to be earned in a way it wasn't. That's, that's totally fair. There, there were, okay. There were a lot of things I really liked about this book. And I think I would have been able to focus on them more if I hadn't been as frustrated with the romantic relationship. Any content warnings here? I mean, I guess really the content warnings are, there's a lot of lying. Yes. I mean, but that's, I don't know. I'm not going to not read a book because a character lies to someone. I, I think another one is how Makeda is treated. She's like, she's really dumped on for most of the book. Well, and her mother, while not like physically abusive, was definitely absentee and put too much on her child. And Makeda's childhood was pathetic and sad. Yeah. So that, I mean, it was, it's just hard to read. It's very difficult to read. Yeah. Um, in terms of sexiness, I think we've already established that like, we probably aren't the right people to weigh in on this. Yeah. There were a lot of fun sex tropes. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about the sex tropes, because, like, there's the only one bed trope. Well, and there's the, like, locked in a small space, or, like, have the excuse of being in a small space that's played up and discussed, which is so fun. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I really, really Well, and there's, it. like, the fake relationship, and are these kisses real? Are these lingering looks real? Are yes. these lying touches real? Uh, and I honestly don't know if I was more disinterested by virtue of, like, not really liking these characters, or by virtue of, like... When they started scissoring, I was like, eh, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's this We're I think we're like very heterosexual too. Like we're not like, we believe it's a spectrum and both yeah. of us fall in like the 90, 10. Plus. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is 
not a moral judgment. It's just like, like right, exactly. And so like this just doesn't do it for us. Yeah. Also, as I mentioned specifically, boats don't do it for me. Boats. And every sexy scene happens on a boat. What did you think of the guy who's going to be the hero of the next? Book? You get him in a previous book too. Was oh. it the last one or was it the one before? I don't remember. One of the previous heroes. It's the, one, the goat, like people meditating with goats or something? There's So one of the previous heroes had gone out and lived on a farm mm-hmm. with this guy. Mm. And was talking about him and how he disappeared, but he boat. was in the group group chat. Was it the Because even though this is only the second book in the series, some of these characters appeared in the previous no, series. No, but it's definitely the last book. It's okay. definitely Sanyu who went okay. and did the goat with the farm guy. meditation. Yeah. I... Um, don't really typically like the hero who feels he needs to learn more so bails without saying anything yeah well and also the whole you can you know exactly what's being set up it's going to be a second chance romance he comes back to his monarchy to take power and then he's going to meet this woman and who knows how they're going to get together well and she's the designer of the dating game sim from one of the previous books in the previous series. So that was in A Prince on Paper, which we also reviewed. Yes. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, reserving judgment on that one till it happens. It could, it could be amazing. The tropes that are clearly set up are not our favorites. <laughs> That's the other issue, yeah. I don't know. So I liked that part. <sighs> I don't know. I thought there was a lot of really interesting stuff about about women who feel like they need to be people pleasers, about jobs that don't seem to be glamorous but actually are really important about like as you talked about the matrilineal connection which I actually hadn't thought about and I think it's really fascinating there are a lot of things that I think are super interesting about the book for me it just was really hard to read about these two people okay so this is something I think to sum it up Meg and I have talked a lot about how we'll forgive almost anything if we really like the romance the bones of this were interesting. Yes. For reasons other than this was female-female. Yeah. This just wasn't our romance. Yeah, I, you're right. If we like the characters, we'll forgive almost everything. But if we don't like the characters, even if it's something that we think we're going to love, we're probably not going to like it. So thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it if you would check us out around the internet on Instagram at Plotress or Goodreads slash Plotress. And of course, you can always rate, review. And subscribe. And just because I asked for it earlier, if you guys want to like share something about your thoughts on this book specifically um, and you don't want to do it publicly, our email is plotrists at gmail.com. Yep.